Welcome to the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Greg Smith and I'm your host. This is the Week 3 Waiver Wire Show and today I'll be joined once again by Josh ADHD to run through who you should add, who you should drop based upon all the early season action we've seen so far in the NFL. Before we get to Josh, I want to let you know about the music on today's show. It's a song called Tomorrow's Gonna Change It All by the Trainwreck Riders. Check out the full track and all my other podcast jams on the TMAP B-Sides playlist on Spotify, which is linked in the show notes. Today's episode is sponsored by Fantasy Draft. They are the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, and they are back for week two with another massive slate of rake-free contests. Only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners, so sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with the promo code 444, the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership to use on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries. Without further ado, though, let's get to Josh ADHD back in here to help us work through the Week 3 waiver Wire. Check out our Week 2 recap from yesterday if you missed it. Josh, welcome back to the program. Thanks for pulling double duty this week. How are you? Ah, oh, man, I'm good. Thanks for having me back again this week. It's it's nice to be able to record with you twice in one week. It's I've, I've missed doing that. So, Well, we were known to do some doubleheaders back in the day over at 2QBs where the pods would go so long that we would have to split it up into two shows. So this is basically like the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. So let's jump into the waiver wire, and we got a lot to get to here. So I'm gonna, I'm not gonna rush you necessarily, but we, we got to get right into it. And injuries, lots of them piled up on us in week two. Uh, I will recommend that readers check out the training room article by Russ Manalastas uh, over at 444.com. He's a physical therapist. He has a good read on how long you know the injuries we saw yesterday will take these guys to recover from. Who the primary beneficiaries are going to be. But let's go through that with Josh here today. James Conner injures his knee. Jalen Samuels is only 35% owned. He's kind of a no-brainer ad at the running back position, right? I, yeah, absolutely. I think so. I, otherwise, you know, you might look at Benny Snell, but you know, Benny Snell didn't get a lot of run in the preseason. So I, I think I would just rather go with Jalen Samuels. They used him as a bell cow last year when Conner was out. So I think that's where we have to go. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you want to hear Josh and I talk about, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger injury and maybe the Drew Brees injury over at quarterback, and kind of the impact of that in terms of waiver wire and which quarterbacks you might want to pick up. Uh, check out the episode from yesterday. Uh, we talked in depth about it at the top of the show, so I'm not going to get back into the QB position with him here on the injury front. Um, so let's keep going with running backs. Damian Williams also injured his knee. I think LaShawn McCoy is likely to be owned in, in most leagues, especially you know smarter, sharper leagues. Uh, but does this bring Darwin Thompson back into relevance? Uh, do we want to even dig as deep as Darrell Williams? Uh, what, what are you doing with this Kansas City backfield? Yeah, I think it would probably go with Darwin Thompson at this point. You know, I did see that McCoy also get dinged up a bit yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, what these guys do later this week. But if you want to make a waiver claim now and try to get somebody, I think if Thompson is not owned in your league, then, yeah, you should probably go grab him. Daryl Williams, I think he's going to be kind of a a break glass in case of emergency player. Uh, I, I don't know if I expect him to get a lot of work. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Thompson's the ad out of the backfield in Kansas City. Uh, moving over to Buffalo, Devin Singletary, yet another knee injury. Uh, Frank Gore looked pretty good in his stead, uh, but I think Gore might have been owned after you know some of the workload he got last week. Maybe he's not available for everybody. Do we need to kick the tires on the immortal TJ Yeldon here? Absolutely. Yeah, TJ Yeldon was a player I drafted in the last round of a lot of best ball drafts this year. Not because I thought Singletary would get hurt, but I just thought that he would eventually kind of shake out as the best running back in this backfield. He's a good player. You know, he he just he kind of got some short shrift in Jacksonville because of the offenses he was involved with because of Leonard Fournette being drafted. But I think Yeldon could step in here and be highly productive. So I would definitely target him heavily on waivers. 
So among these injury beneficiaries, Samuels, Darwin Thompson, Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, and maybe throw Benny Snell in there, what, how are you prioritizing that group? Um, Jalen Samuels front and center, and then probably TJ Yeldon after that, and then maybe Darwin Thompson. Uh, let's move on to receivers, uh, and we saw just a ton of receiver injuries with the Philadelphia Eagles. Deshaun Jackson, groin injury. Alshon Jeffrey, calf injury. Nelson Aguilar had a head injury, but he did return in that game. Dallas Goddard has a calf injury. Uh, Nelson Aguilar stepped up and looked pretty good. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside looked overwhelmed to me. Uh, Matt Collins looks like just a guy, but, you know, serviceable uh, if forced into service. There aren't a whole lot of takeaways here. I mean, Aguilar, I think, is a fine addition. Uh, but really, when I see what happened to this receiving core, all it means is I'm going to be playing Zach Ertz in DFS this week. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I think Zach Ertz, you know, he got 16 targets last night. So I, I think, or not last night, but on Sunday night. So, you know, seeing that, I think it, it's kind of the way you got to go. Aguilar got pretty heavily targeted, too, during the game. So, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my nose at Nelson Aguilar either. Yeah, and it was last night we were watching that game. We should be you know, clear with the, the listeners here. We're recording this on Monday, so we haven't seen Monday Night Football yet. Uh, and so that's why we're not going to be talking about any games except for any players from that game, except for maybe uh, a little bit of speculation. Um, but let's move on to some more wide receiver injuries Damn, from Sunday. You ruined the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Gallup does not appear to be an illusion by any stretch. He's looked really good through two games, but he injured his knee uh, on Sunday and... There isn't a whole lot of depth behind him at the receiver position in Dallas. Like Randall Cobb is still there. We saw Devin Smith make a really nice play. Uh, is Smith a guy you would consider picking up off waivers this week? Between him and Randall Cobb, I would take Randall Cobb. I, and I would expect Randall Cobb is available on the waiver wire. So I think he's kind of steps into this higher higher volume role if Gallup misses time. Now, the thing is, Gallup finished the game. And they say the MRI is precautionary. So we'll find out more today how precautionary it really was. Uh, if I do want to claim a Dallas receiver, I, I think it's Randall Cobb. Devin Smith, to me, is just um, he's kind of a low-volume boomer bust guy. So uh, if you have room for that in your lineup, then, yeah, go for it. But otherwise, I think it's Cobb. Yeah, I think the other beneficiaries here could be the tight ends. We've seen Jason Witten catch touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Uh, maybe Blake Jarwin gets a little bit more involved. Uh, if Gallup misses some time, I think those tight ends get a slight tick up in value as well. Uh, let's talk about Traquan Smith for New Orleans. Uh, we, you know They lost Drew Brees yesterday. That's the, the big news in New Orleans, but Traquan injured his leg. Uh, the reports on that so far are a little murky in terms of what exactly happened, but if it turns out that he is going to miss time, do you want any Keith Kirkwood, Austin Carr, Deontay Harris? Uh, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with these third and fourth receiver types in New Orleans. Yeah, we really are. I you know, this may be a situation where we want to look at the tight end a little bit more. It's, you know, it could be Josh Hill. I saw Josh Hill get a couple of targets yesterday um, away from Jared Cook. It could be that Alvin Kamara sees more target load. Uh, it could be that um, Teddy Ginn gets a heavier target load. Teddy Ginn may be available on your waiver wire. And if he is, I think you have to go grab him immediately because, you know, he's probably stepping into a much higher volume role with, Tra- with Traquan Smith if he misses time. So I, I would probably lean Teddy Ginn out of all the options there. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, okay, so now let's talk about, you know, ranking these receivers based on injuries. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Randall Cobb, uh, Ted Ginn, Keith Kirkwood, maybe some of the lo- lower uh, totem pole guys from Philly and Dallas. Um, how are you prioritizing those guys on your week two or week three waiver wire? Uh, to me, it'd be Aguilar number one. It would be Randall Cobb, number two, and then New Orleans receiver Dushur, number three, until we know more about Drew Brees. 
All right, uh, let's move to tight end. The only big injury, and it's not even that big, uh, from yesterday was Tyler Higby uh, injured his chest uh, against the Rams. Is it Gerald Everett season finally? I don't know. <laughs> I thought Gerald Everett season would have already happened, but it's um, you know they they typically use Higby as the blocker, so you know it, he does get some targets. But Everett seems to be the play from behind tight end that could move a bit more. Do they try to move him to a blocking role, or do they reconfigure the offense and just bring in another you know blocking type tight end to fill in for Higby and let Everett continue to do what Everett does? I think that's probably the more likely scenario. Yeah, I could see it. And if you're hunting for a tight end off the waiver wire, Everett could be fine, but there are probably three other guys who probably have similar floors, similar upside. It's just a position that's very fluky week to week like that. Now that we've got these injury pickups out of the way, Josh, who are your other top pickups? Uh, Just maybe based on performance or some other uh, aspect of the games on Sunday, we're looking kind of for guys who are preferably available in 50% of leagues or more. But if you want to, you know, break the rules a little bit, I'm okay with that. Okay, so uh, to me, front center is going to be T.J. Yeldon for Buffalo at running back. I think we have to look strongly at him, assuming Devin Singletary misses some time. If it looks like Tevin Coleman's going to miss a few more weeks, I think that's the story right now. So I, I, Raheem Mustard is, if you didn't pick him up already and he's still available, I think you have to grab him. Darren Sproles is kind of the same thing. If um, I think it's possible, depending on how the receiver injuries shake out there and who's available, that that Darren Sproles could see more uh, snaps in the slot as a kind of a slot wide receiver. If that's the case, I, you know, I think he's worth a kind of a punt play as a flex. If you need a a running back or something to plug into a flex, that could see, you know, six or seven targets. I think Sproles is that type of player outside of that. I don't really see much right now. I think there's kind of a barren wasteland at running back for the time being. Yeah. I've got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson from the Niners at, at the top of my list, just because they looked really good. The Niners running game looked really good in general. Uh, I think, Carlos Hyde is probably owned in most sharp leagues, but according to Yahoo, he's available in 57% of leagues. Uh, So if he's out there, uh, you know, his usage was pretty high yesterday for the Texans. Uh, Duke Johnson, we talked about on yesterday's show, being a bit of a disappointment in terms of how much workload he's getting relative to Hyde. I think Hyde is someone you can look to pick up. And then on the off chance that Rashad Penny is not owned, uh, Carson, uh, Chris Carson there in Seattle had a fumble, uh, generally didn't look you know, super great, uh, but you know maybe the door is open for Penny to to get a little bit more run in Seattle. I think that that's like another guy you can consider. Um, how about a wide receiver? Who are your other top pickups there, Josh? Uh, if he's not if he's not gone now, you better grab DJ Chark. Yep, it's the second week in a row that he's had a pretty high target volume and been productive. He scored another touchdown yesterday. Now is this fool's gold, and he's going to kind of recede back into the murkiness of the Jacksonville passing offense as as the Gardner Minshew show continues. That's to be seen, but I think right now, based on the target volume, you got to claim him. Um, I would probably also look at – I mean, we talked about Nelson Aguilar already. He may be available on your waivers. If he is, I would definitely go grab him at this point. Um, Cody Latimer is a player that might be worth some run. It depends on if Sterling Shepard misses again this week, but you know, I, I think he's worth a look. And I, I'm looking at my personal waiver wire right now looking for some names. I'd say Geronimo Allison, maybe if he's not if he's not taken on your waiver, he might be worth a swing because he did see some decent target volume yesterday. We, we feel like Green Bay is going to be throwing the ball. I think he's going to be a, a decent recipient. Outside of that, I Greg, I don't see a whole lot. Yeah, I, I think a lot of fantasy you know players have gotten a lot sharper in terms of trying to get out in front of stuff. And so like three three names I'll throw out here 
are all rookie wide receivers, but they're all owned in at least 40% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Terry McLaurin, owned in 51%. He's the wide receiver one in Washington, based upon the evidence that we have. Uh, DK Metcalf at 49% ownership, and Meikle Hardman at 40% ownership. I think you have to look for those guys, but if you're in a, a sharper league, there's a good chance you're not going to get them. Um, I like the uh, Benny Fowler call, or excuse me, the Cody Latimer call, but I think the the ad there, while Sterling Shepard is out, it might be Benny Fowler. He had 10 targets yesterday, 157 air yards. Uh, but I, again, I don't really know if I want to be tying any of my hopes to the New York Giants offense uh, one way or the other, unless it's uh, Evan Ingram or Saquon Barkley. Um, how about at tight end? Uh, top pickups at tight end uh, before we dig a little deeper. Well, I think based on yesterday, it has to be Will Disley. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy scored a couple of touchdowns on five targets. Now, the, the problem here is we don't know if, if Seattle's going to be throwing the ball 35 times going forward. Then this may be a pretty rare occurrence. So, in that case, I think Will Disley is going to be very boomer bust for you, but uh, he's certainly a player that you could look at if you're desperate at tight end. Uh, Vance McDonald, if for some reason he's available on your waiver wire, wasn't drafted. I think it's possible after week one he might have been dropped. I would certainly look his way. Outside of that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really seeing a whole lot right now that the guys that are available. Maybe Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert's been productive for two weeks in a row now, so maybe he's going to be a thing. And, um, you know, you mentioned Blake Jarwin a few minutes ago. We talked about Michael Gallup. I think Blake Jarwin is an ideal target for a tight end streamer uh, if you're looking for somebody. I mean, Witten scored the touchdown, but Jarwin has been involved in the offense. If, if Gallup misses any time, then Jarwin could see a bit of a bump in target volume. Yeah, I mean, Witten is only owned in 15% of Yahoo League, so I think he's the play there in Dallas if you're looking for a tight end. But, yeah, Jarwin, you know, for deeper folks, that's definitely an option. Um, moving over to quarterback, uh, quarterback is so weird. Like you never know exactly who's going to be owned in any given league, especially if it's a one quarterback format. Uh, but according to Yahoo ownership, uh, Josh Allen is available in 40% of leagues. Jimmy Garoppolo is available, uh, or excuse me, Allen is taken in 40% available in 60%. Garoppolo is owned in 48%. Matthew Stafford is owned in 35%. Those guys are all fine players and they can fill in. Uh, if you lost Roethlisberger, if you lost Drew Brees, uh, those are probably the top, uh, you know, maybe available quarterbacks uh, but we're going to get into some deeper players uh, at all positions uh, but before we do let's take a quick break for our sponsor of the show fantasy draft is the only rake free dfs site in the business and they are bringing you the largest guaranteed rake free contest lineup in the history of daily fantasy sports as other fantasy sites continue to raise rakes price pools are being squeezed and that can make it harder for you to win whether you call it rake commission or management fee the days of paying 10, 12, or even 15% or more of your entry fees to the house are over. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of the entry fees are paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. To access Fantasy Draft's exclusive rake-free contests, all you need to do is become a member. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code 444, the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership. Once again, that's FantasyDraft.com with the promo code 444. Become a member today and say goodbye to the Daily Fantasy Rake. All right, Josh, let's go deeper. Let's look at guys who are available in, in fewer leagues and, and maybe just some pure streamer types. Uh, we're, we don't have to be super hard and fast again with the ownership, but um, if if people are looking for a quarterback, uh, we mentioned Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, but let's say those guys are rostered. You know, you're in some league where people have backup quarterbacks on their benches and, and you're looking a little bit deeper. Um, what quarterbacks might you be looking to for week three on the way for wire? All right, so if we're looking for streamers for week three, I, I talk. I mean, we mentioned Josh Allen already, and if Josh Allen's available, I, I think you have to take him. He's going to get the Bengals at home. That's a great matchup. 
uh, it's really hard to, to turn that down. I, I kind of like Jacoby Brissett if he's available. I mean, they get yep. Atlanta at home. I think that's a pretty good matchup for them. Um, outside of that, I would be if for some reason Kyler Murray is available, and I think a, you know a lot of play, people may have dropped him after Week One, thinking that he was going to set the world on fire. Uh, if Kyler Murray just happens to be available, I would definitely take him against the Panthers at home. Um, outside of that, gosh, I, I don't see any matchups that are really crazy, like just stick out to me. So outside of that, I would probably think about um, – How would you feel about Gardner Minshew at you know, 5% he, ownership? He ran enough yesterday, and he was uh, to me he was scrappy enough yesterday that I, I don't have a problem playing him. Now, I think the Titans' defense is going to present some problems for him that Houston did not. So I, to me, I think they'll be able to contain him a bit more. I think that's going to be another ugly game that could be like 13 to 10 when they finish that game. So Minshew, you're, you're looking for running production out of Minshew. And if he gives you 60, 70 yards on the ground, you're happy with that. I think you'll take it. Um, I, Miami quarterbacks right now, you can't start them. Unstartable. Even Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, just he can't even get 100 yards passing before they pull him for Rosen. So it's to me, that's just untenable. Andy Dalton really seems to be the best play out of all this group if he's available on your waivers. Yeah, and you mentioned him on the show yesterday as, as a guy who not only has been good, but it, it seems like there's reason for him to have been playing well. Like The system there is much improved in Cincinnati, and Dalton is, is showing that he is still a capable quarterback, uh, despite the fact that you know he doesn't have A.J. Green and their defense is kind of a mess. I mean, the fact that their defense is kind of a mess probably helps them, to be honest. It makes it so they have to throw a little bit more. Uh, but let's move over to running back. Uh, if we're scraping a little bit deeper, uh, which running backs are you looking at as potential pickups here? Um, and these could be more speculative ads if, if you want them to be. Well, I think Chris Thompson for Washington has to be kind of front and center. He's been he's gotten a lot of target volume over the past couple of weeks because they have been playing from behind. He he is the de facto passing down back there. So I I like him. I like him even more once they start to start uh, once they start to start. Once Dwayne Haskins enters as the starter this season, I think Thompson will be even more valuable because Haskins can't move the way that the way that Keenum can move around. So I, I think that will lend itself to more running back passes and screens. Did you see the uh, snap share for the Washington running backs yesterday? I have not looked at it yet. Thompson, 45%. Peterson, 29%. Wendell Smallwood, 26%. That's Thompson's backfield right now. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's it's that way because of them playing from behind all the time. And that should continue. That Next week's going to be tough for them. They play the Bears. Now they get the Bears at home, and it's a Monday nighter. But I, I wouldn't be afraid to play Thompson against them. I mean, he's their version of, of uh, Tariq Cohen. So I, I like that if he's available. Gosh, who else? Ito Smith. Ito Smith looked pretty good last night, and he's getting mm-hmm. enough work where I think you could plug him in as a flex or a, you know, kind of a, a what the heck starter if you need a guy. I think he's fine. Raheem Merster, we talked about him earlier. He he's available in a lot of leagues right now, so I I don't mind that a bit. Um, Frank Gore is probably a guy that you could plug in as well uh, alongside T.J. Yeldon. Frank Gore should be available in your league, so I I think he would be okay. He's probably going to soak up 15 to 20 touches. He's going to have you know the Peyton Barber efficiency of probably three to three and a half yards of carry, but I mean he's soaking up volume, and that's kind of what you need on these deep dive running backs that aren't stepping into bell cow roles. Yeah, I mean you're looking for those backup types who could luck into a bell call role if somebody gets hurt or if some other aspect of, of the gameplay changes. Like I'm looking at Jamal Williams, seven percent owned for Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, basically completely unowned for Indianapolis. These guys are serviceable players. Uh, so if something happens to Aaron Jones, maybe Jamal Williams steps up. If something happens to Marlon Mack, I think Jordan Willi- Wilkins steps up. Steps up. 
Justin Jackson is a little higher owned because of the whole Melvin Gordon holdout situation. He's at 33% ownership on Yahoo. But if Jackson's available, I think he's a player you can consider adding. He looked good yesterday on limited touches. And I don't know if we can fully expect Austin Eckler to, to hold up to this sort of workload over the whole season. It'd be great if he did because I own Eckler everywhere. But uh, on the chance that they start to scale back Eckler's workload, I think Justin Jackson could, uh, you know, be, be a beneficiary there. Um, and the last guy I'll throw out here, and this is, again, a little bit more speculative because we haven't seen him play in Week 2, uh, Ty Montgomery for the Jets. He's at 19% ownership, and it kind of depends on what happens tonight, but Le'Veon Bell had a little bit of an injury scare last week. Supposedly he's okay, but, you know, the dude took a whole season off from football. If he gets further dinged up and Ty Mont takes over uh, more uh, of that backfield chair, then he could be valuable as well. I think that's a good call on Montgomery, and that's someone I'll definitely be watching for tonight. How about a wide receiver? Uh, which uh, deeper plays are you looking at, Josh? So wide receiver, I would probably look at, you know, he only got one target yesterday, but he did score, and that's Paris Campbell. I feel like his role is going to increase going forward. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a bit interested in him. I think James Washington is still worth a look. DK Metcalf as well. Those guys are, you know, they're kicking around on the waiver wire I'm looking at right now and showing roughly uh, 30 to 35% ownership. So I, I don't mind those guys. Kenny Stills, I think, is a player worth looking at. Now, I have to go look at his target volume yesterday to see what he got relative to what he did versus New Orleans. And, you know, he, he got three targets yesterday. So it's the same volume he received against New Orleans. Uh, he just didn't happen to score, you know, a go-ahead touchdown late in the game to really make it shine. Uh, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel should be available in, in your league, and if he is, yep. I, I would definitely go grab him. We talked about DJ Chark already as a player that's that's getting a lot of volume and needs to be added. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, if you think that he could continue the tear that he was on yesterday, it looked like he played a lot of the Tyreek Hill role yesterday and not necessarily Hardman. So the question is, is that going to continue going forward? If it does, I mean, Robinson would be a great pickup. Um, outside of that, I'm not seeing a whole lot that really sticks out to me as, as players to go grab. Uh, kind of right behind Chark on that same depth chart, Chris Conley for the Jags. If you want to go a little bit deeper, he had five targets uh, for four catches, 73 yards, no TDs, but uh, he's... You know, clearly ahead of Keelan Cole and Marquise Lee is hurt. So uh, that's uh, another potential direction to go with the Jags. Uh, I'm still going to ride for A.J. Brown. Uh, the target or the snap share yesterday was not great uh, with him in Tennessee. Uh, he's only owned in 23% of leagues, though, and I think there is a good chance that he eventually overtakes Corey Davis. Um, on the flip side of the Debo Samuel call, Marquise Goodwin is available in 80% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, clearly, he still has some amount of rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo and Dante Pettis. Still seems to be in the doghouse. Uh, he, he got more snaps, but no targets on Sunday. So uh, Goodwin and Samuel, I think you have to look at. Uh, Preston Williams for the Dolphins. I mentioned him on last week's waiver wire show. Only 2% owned still. Uh, but he's going to be the wide receiver to own in Miami, I think, because he's the future wide receiver there, right? I, I don't think they're really looking to move forward back past this year with uh, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson. Uh, Preston Williams, I think, is the guy to go with in Miami. How about a tight end? Is there anybody, you know, just real deep dart throws that you might consider, uh, Josh? Very deep, very dart, very dart throwy. I, you know, if if you can wait a couple weeks on a guy, I would go pick up Chris Herndon if he's yes. available. Now, he's got two more weeks of suspension after tonight. He can come back in week five. But when he comes back in week five, he's going to be a heavy volume recipient for the Jets. So I, if you can stash a guy for a couple weeks, he's front and center for me. 
Uh, I see Tyler Eifert's available, uh, or he's only 9% owned in leagues. I, to me, it looks like he's got a, a pretty steady role going forward in the Cincinnati offense. They are throwing the ball a lot, so I think you have to look at him as a very good waiver add. Uh, we mentioned Blake Jarwin earlier when we discussed the Michael Gallup injury. I think he's worth an add, and he's really deep. Outside of that, I'm not seeing a lot. Maybe, maybe Hayden Hurst, if you play in a best ball league where you know random touchdowns can help you in a week. Uh, maybe Hayden Hurst. He, I think he got a touchdown yesterday on one target. So, you know, these are the type of players that you might look at. Yeah, I think Chris Herndon is a great call. He was on my list. Uh, basically, my list was just the two Jets tight ends. Uh, Herndon, if you want to speculate for further in the year, and Ryan Griffin for if you need somebody right now. Um, hopefully, you can do better than Ryan Griffin, but uh, he's, he's the de facto tight end one for the Jets for now. Uh, and, you know, it's not like Trevor Simeon's going to be airing it out down the field to Robbie Anderson quite as much as Sam Darnold was. So uh, that low A dot stuff tends to benefit the tight ends. And, you know, that could be Griffin. That could be Herndon in a few weeks. Uh, I, I think the Jets are a good call. How about some defensive streamers, Josh? I'm going to throw a few at you, and you tell me which ones you like the most. Uh, the Packers are 17% owned. They get Denver at home, uh, the, the immortal Joe Flacco. Uh, the Titans are 35% owned, so maybe you won't be able to get them off your waiver wire, but they are at Jacksonville on Thursday night. Uh, those Thursday night games are very ugly for the most part. Uh, I think that the Titans could be in a good spot there against Gardner Minshew. And then the Buccaneers, uh, 1% ownership at home against the Giants. Uh, the aforementioned Eli Manning. Uh, I don't know if the Bucks' defense is really that good, but they've scored points in the first two weeks. They seem to have another good matchup here. Uh, and the last one I'll throw out are the 49ers. At 18% ownership, they get Mason Rudolph at home against Pittsburgh. So uh, of those few teams, Packers, Titans, Buccaneers, 49ers, uh, which ones do you like the most? I think I like the Niners the most. They are presenting problems for quarterbacks, especially those with uh, either a weak quarterback or a struggling offensive line. Um, you know, Cincinnati yesterday, they, they've got a bad line, and it showed because you know, Pittsburgh really, really pressed Dalton, even though Dalton had a productive day. I, I really like that call on San Francisco with Mason Rudolph coming all the way across the country to play against them. So I, I think that's a good call. Jacksonville's pretty interesting, I think. The only problem with Jacksonville is they may not see enough passing volume against them to get turnovers. And that's really what you're looking for in a defensive streamer is the ability to have that kind of that ceiling week where they can get a touchdown potentially two based on interceptions, fumbles, whatnot. Um, so I, that leads me to kind of home in on San Francisco. Yeah, I like it. I, I think San Francisco and the Buccaneers are the two that I would be looking at the most. Um, I have a little bit of fear if I pick up the Bucks defense that maybe just Saquon Barkley will run all over them and they won't be throwing much and the, the turnover opportunities won't be there. Um, I, and I do like the Packers. I think the Packers are a nice bet against Flacco at home. That's another team that's you know, just hasn't looked very good on offense. They're they're traveling into a tough place to play in Green Bay. Uh, I think I would probably rank them 49ers. Packers and then Titans and Bucks flip a coin. I, I, I think I would target one of the other two teams first. But we've talked a lot about ads. These are the, the, it's only half of the equation, right? It's the easy part is figuring out who we want to get. The hard part is figuring out who do we drop from our rosters, right? Because if we are managing our teams well, our benches are stocked with players that we like. Um, are there any players who have lost a little luster for you through the first two weeks of the season? Uh, are there any guys you know you're planning to drop from your actual teams? And maybe give me some other prominent players who you think might be surprisingly droppable in your mind at this point. So what are we going to do with OJ Howard? I think that's the first question is what do we do with this guy? Cause I, I mean, I, I drafted that guy in the fourth and fifth round of best balls all summer with the rational coaching thing in my mind thinking, well, he's the you know, best athlete on the team just about, they're going to use him in the passing game. And the guy's an afterthought. 
So I, I think you certainly have to think about dropping him at this point and salvaging whatever you can out of the rest of your roster at tight end. Um, I don't think I can go that far. I think he, I mean, you invested too much. It's still a bit of a sunk cost fallacy issue, but I'm not willing to move on from him after two weeks. You know what I mean? Like the talent is still there. The situation still seems to be okay. Now maybe the Bruce Arians doesn't throw the tight ends narrative is turns out to be true. Like that's a problem. But at this point, like I'm okay with benching him. I don't know if I'm dropping OJ Howard yet. Well, (laughs) I'm ready to cut bait. And it's, um, I, I think there's enough decent tight ends out there where, especially if you can pick up, like I said, if you can pick up Chris Herndon, that will fill the void of OJ Howard's um, basically disappearing act. Now, you're going to wait a couple weeks, but I think that's the way you do that. Uh, I'm dropping pretty much every Miami player right now. We talked about picking yeah. up Preston Williams, but I, at this point, until they show some signs of life, I think you could safely drop any Miami players. And Preston Williams, I would say, yeah, maybe Preston Williams, if they're going to continue force feeding him the ball. Kenyon Drake saw six targets yesterday. They're just not running it very much because they're always playing behind. Uh, So if you play in a PPR league, I think Kenyon Drake's worth keeping. Outside of that, I don't want any Dolphins players on my roster. Somebody else I'm looking at to drop, and that might be Dallas Goddard. If I had drafted Dallas Goddard, with the injury now and his really hasn't been all that involved in the offense. I think I would try to find something else at tight end. I, Greg, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about any running backs that you feel like you're are ready to drop at this point. Yeah. Kenyon Drake's at the top of my list. Uh, I have some minor fears that maybe Miami will try to showcase him at some point to up his trade value, but I, I I'm with you. I think the dolphins are all droppable. I think uh, Preston Williams is the only one who I'm really interested in because they seem to be invested in him. Um, other running backs, uh, Naheem Hines, because I think even if Marlon Mack gets hurt, Hines might still be behind Jordan Wilkins in terms of you know snap share and, and workload. Darrell Henderson, still sitting on zero points after two weeks, so so much for the Darren Sproles or Chris Thompson type of role that we you know envisioned in the offseason. Like that, that was the thing with Henderson, right? As we said, okay, yeah, maybe Gurley is okay, but they're still gonna you know take some touches away. It turns out those all went to Malcolm Brown, and Henderson is is the afterthought in that situation. I think there's still value there. Uh, in on the chance that Brown or uh, Gurley do get hurt. But for now, I, I don't think you can wait around for Darrell Henderson. Um, similarly, I'm curious what you think about Damian Harris because we know the upside is there. You mentioned Sony Michelle as being a guy who was a bit of a bust. Uh, I think that was on yesterday's show. This is a situation where I think if Harris gets the opportunity, he could be very good, but he's not even on the active roster week to week at this point. Um, what are you doing with Harris if you got him? I think I'm probably dropping him at this point, unless it's a deep league. Like if it's a deep league and I can house, you know, 10 to 12 guys on on my bench, then I will probably keep Harris on the off chance that he works his way in. But as of now, between Michelle Burkhead and White, there's just no room for Harris. And until there's room for him, and maybe that takes an injury, uh, then I, I don't know how you could keep Harris on your roster if it's a short bench. Now you mentioned OJ Howard. How about Hunter Henry? Because you know, Howard is it's it's an issue of him producing when he's in the game. Howard's not even going to be playing for a number of weeks here. Or excuse me, Henry isn't going to be playing for a number of weeks here. Is he droppable? Because I think he is. I don't want to wait around for him. I'm yeah, I'm dropping Hunter Henry at this point. I the, to me the Chargers presented the rosiest possible outlook for a tibial plateau injury. Tibial plateau injuries are very bad. I asked my wife is a physical therapist. I asked her about it and she just kind of gave me this look like they said four weeks. Are they serious? 
because typically that's a two to three month injury recovery time. So either they're telling us it's a, not a different injury than what it really is, or they're completely, you know, misinforming the public about the severity. And to me, I, I just I don't want to hang on to a guy that long when there are other good tight ends I can go pick up and stream. And then if Hunter Henry in a couple of weeks looks like, you know, he's in better shape than we originally thought. Go stick, pick him up and stick him on your bench again. But I'd say for now, just don't let him hog up space that could be used for somebody that can produce. Yeah, don't be an injury optimist. That tends to not work out. A uh, few wide receivers I think are droppable. I think I mentioned Anthony Miller on last week's show. He didn't change my mind in week two. Miller is, should not be on anyone's roster at this point. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, I think, is a fine player, a reasonable player, but he's clearly like the third or fourth option in that passing attack for the Falcons, and the Falcons' offense doesn't even look that good in the first place through two weeks, so I think Sanu is a guy you can cut bait with. And then the aforementioned Dante Pettis, uh, still in the doghouse, don't see that situation getting any better or easier for him necessarily. Yeah, I like those calls, and I might also talk about Traquan Smith, depending on the severity of his injury. If sure. it looks like he's going to miss multiple weeks, I would just go ahead and drop him and try to claim him back later um, later down the road. Yeah, Anthony Miller, that's a good call. That guy has just been a ghost so far. He had one target yesterday, and I don't know if – maybe he was erased by Chris Harris Jr. yesterday in Denver. I, it's It's hard to tell. But, well, Allen Robinson was also erased in that game, so I, I have a feeling it wasn't that. Yeah, but I mean, Robinson still was force-fed seven targets. You know, Miller got one. So I, I mean, they they gave their backup tight end Ben Broniker more targets than Miller got. So it's, I think you're right. The writing's on the wall for Miller. I think we need to cut bait on him until that offense changes his complexion to some degree. Yep, very good. Um, anybody else you can think of uh, players you want to drop, or uh, just any other waiver recommendations for Week Three before we sign off? I would say if you were a sucker like me and bought into the slot receiver narrative behind Adam Humphreys or Trey Quinn, I think you can drop those guys. Yeah, I could see it. I actually had Trey Quinn on my long list of potential deep league pickups because he's still getting targets. Uh, but again, I can understand if you if you held him hoping for that Jamison Crowder, you know, 14 target type of week or production from Quinn, uh, we're, we're clearly not getting that. And Terry McLaurin is the guy to own in the Washington receiving core. Josh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, it's it's been great to you know do two episodes with you in one week, man. It's awesome. Uh, why don't you let folks know where they can find your work and find you on social media? Yeah, so on Twitter, you can find me at Josh underscore ADHD. My work, you can find my apps over at Rotogrinders. The premium usage app that we have over there is fantastic. We have snap counts built into it, uh, all, the, all the stats that you could possibly want. And then we have uh, some premium SIS, Sports Info Solution stats built into it for the passing games, both uh, from the offensive line and defensive line perspective. We're adding more stuff to it coming this week and in the, in the weeks on as, as I find new ways to manipulate that data. Outside of that, uh, you can find my apps over at fantasyadhd.com. Very good. Yeah, check out all that stuff by Josh. I mean, that was one of my first introductions to you, Josh, was uh, over at Two QBs, uh, working on you know Scott Fishbowl ADP apps, and uh, you, you've been crushing this stuff for, for many years at this point, and I can't wait to see what you guys cook up next. It's, it's always really awesome to see the work that you're doing. Listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Greg Sauce. Head over to 444.com and subscribe if you haven't already. Use the promo code TMAP, T-M-A-P, and you'll get 10% off whatever subscription you decide to go for. Our team of analysts is top-notch. Our projections and other tools are, too. You will not be disappointed if you sign up. Anthony and John will be back with another episode later this week. And then I will be here again next week uh, with a new guest to do a week three recap, week four waivers. Until then, thanks again for listening to the Most Accurate Podcast. We'll catch you next time.
just a kid with something